Hey guys, before we start, I just want to let you know that my films, The Last Ones, a zombie drama, and Borderland, but the cartels, are now out on Tubi. That's Tubi.com or Tubi the app. The movies are free as long as you sign in. I don't even think you have to sign in. I think you just need the app. You probably already have it if you have like a, um, a smart TV or PlayStation 5, which all the cool kids got for Christmas. If you don't have one, you're not cool. Um... Yeah, go check it out. It would be really helpful. Both of them are kind of fun movies. Um, Borderland is definitely more fun. The last ones is more of a drama, but they're both good. It's and, it's the 2016 Borderland, not the 2009 Borderland. It's the 2016 Borderland. It's not the 2009 Borderland or the 1974 Borderland or the 1992 Borderland or <laughs> the 1997 Borderlands or the 2004 Borderland or the... 2014 Borderlands Wars. Uh, so yeah, find it. It's a, it's a needle in the haystack, guys, but you know what they say about those. They're always worth, worth your time. Um, yeah, go check <laughs> them out and we'll see you. And let's start the show. I was going to say we'll see you next time. Well, I shouldn't say that. And let's start the show. Welcome to the Bomb Squad. Hello. Welcome back to the Bomb Squad. My name is Andrew Hara and I we, I am a writer-director of two films. Also, I have a short film that I completely forgot to mention. It's out now. It's called Helix, and it's about the dangers of uh, consumerism. And it's also about, can Andrew do this in a weekend? Um, it was cool. <laughs> Go check it out now. There's a link right above me, so check it out. Uh, and there's also a link below in the description. Um, but yeah, so today we're continuing our we're done with horror for a little bit series. Well, this is this has elements of horror to it. Oh man, you're gonna get late in college, Josh. Uh, today we're talking <laughs> about the 1997 film Copland, directed by James Mangold of Ford versus Ferrari fame. It is funny. I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> are you about to shit on ford versus ferrari because i will shit. if you want to i was, I was just about <laughs> to shit on the general themes of ford versus ferrari versus the themes of this movie oh yeah like rich guys at a contest is the most important thing in the world it's yeah. more like at the end they're like wow what a hero this guy was because he died for fucking ford the thing that the car that everyone buys now and regret um and it stars sylvester stallone it stars harvey keitel okay so this movie stars sylvester stallone and it stars harvey keitel and robert de niro but that's not even like the list of amazing actors in this movie it also has like can we talk about how many sopranos like major characters are bit players in this movie like it's crazy does it not like it has like every single mob boss from new york in this movie (laughs) yeah it's it's like everyone, and it's like Artie Bucco, and then like fucking Edie Falco's the random like cop yeah. with two lines. Um, it's because Edie, well, she's also she also helps Ray Liotta later. Edie Falco right. also, um, it's because Edie Falco has like the most New Jersey accent of all time. Yeah, like she has a more New Jersey accent than like a fucking Ray Liotta or uh, or James <laughs> Gandolfini. It's like, well, oh, yeah, and I, I assume that's why most of them were cast, but like even the carnival barker was a uh, beansy from the Sopranos. Yeah. yeah I was just like, him, oh my God. I was God. trying to place him. But even then, like it also has uh, Robert Patrick, T- T-1000. Right. It has, it has Peter Berg. What would 2021 Peter Berg feel about this movie? <laughs> i i don't think he'd agree or he'd be like those were just a few bad apples <laughs> yeah so. it also has janine janine garofalo in a random like she's barely in this movie why is she in this movie scene yeah uh it has noah emrick who's from little children and he basically like whenever you need a cop who's not dirty but just kind of inept <laughs> you get noah emrick in this movie he literally leaves the climax because his wife is pregnant um oh and then it has Kathy Moriarty, who it's like she plays uh, Harvey Cartel's wife. And it's like you didn't need to get Kathy Moriarty to, in this movie because she has like maybe five lines. But just the fact that she's in it and like she does such a good job, like she steals the scene every time she's in it. And yeah. I like for the longest time, I couldn't recognize her. And then I was like, oh, yeah, Raging Bull. Of course. How did I not recognize that voice? 
Um, so yeah, so I feel like this movie is going to be super theme heavy. I mean, this review is going to be super theme. Well, it's I mean, it's baked into the plot of the movie. It's just it's so weird how like ahead of its time this movie was. You know, it really is, and we're going to get into it. Josh, what is this movie about? And actually, give a real description. Give a real description. Yeah, Um, we want to get into it. Uh, a small town sheriff of a, of a town filled with cops has to make some hard choices. Yeah, there's like this town right outside of New York in New Jersey. And basically like the cops found a workaround, the New York cops, so that they could live there, even though you're technically supposed to live in the city that you police, you know, it makes that's, sense. That's so funny too, because that's like a huge thing these days is that every cop lives like way outside of the city they actually police you know which is even That's... funnier because at the end of this uh there's a disclaimer that says it's actually illegal for new york cops to not live in new york city and i feel like there should be another disclaimer that says just kidding haha um <laughs> well well and i don't yeah, know if the laws just changed or were relaxed but yeah clearly that's not the case anymore in any major city yeah it's almost like they would need someone to enforce them um but so yeah, and like there's this town and all these cops live there and then there's like a crime and yeah, the sheriff has to kind of, it, he gets embroiled. I it's, would yeah, it's, it's a, more like he's very like, what's interesting is he's in the whole movie obviously, but he's very much in kind of the background for the first like two thirds of this movie because he's just kind of seeing things happen. It's only when he like starts to take action in the end that it's like it becomes like about him. But it's like I don't know. It's like an interesting dynamic to have, like you just kind of like follow everyone else for like the first half of the movie. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, yeah. Because well, Sylvester Stallone plays Freddy, Sheriff Freddy, and his thing is that he's always wanted to be a cop. He's actually from that town, and when he was a teenager, he like busted his ear saving this girl. He's and deaf in so one he's ear. Deaf in, he's deaf in that ear. They made him sheriff of this town because they kind of treat him as like a little lap dog. And he's so he's like loves the idea of being a cop. And so he's like the perfect protagonist for this film. But anyway, okay, let's get into it. Uh, So, yeah, also like just a set design of this film. At the very beginning, they go to a cop bar. And when I was a kid and I watched this movie, I was like, this is a little bit ridiculous how cop centric this cop bar is. Because like even the pinball machine is cop related. But then when you meet cops in real life, yeah, it makes they have, perfect sense. And their their mask is the the blue fucking the red the blue American flag with the, the blue lives flag. matter flag. Yeah, yeah, or the it's thin like, blue oh, line or whatever. This, this yeah. is how they are. <laughs> Can I just say too that that pinball machine because it's like a cop pinball machine, and then when Freddy loses um, at pinball, it just yells at him. You have no authority. You have no authority. <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, oh man, it's already like blatantly showing you the themes of the movie. <laughs> so good. And this is where all the cops <laughs> hang out. And they just openly discuss like being like just how shitty they are at their jobs. But Ray Liotta is also there. Ray Liotta plays Big Z. And, oh, okay, real fast. So Ray Liotta plays it's Big Z. Big Figus, but yes. No, they call him Fig Z in the film. I guess. And, and his name is Figgins, yeah. But hit like Ray Liotta plays Figgins, and then Harvey Keitel plays a, a cop named Ray, and that made my notes very confusing. At the start, <laughs> yeah. I had to start. Oh, I know. Robert Patrick's kind of a sell. Like he's like basically like um, kind of one of the lesser henchmen cops of Harvey Keitel. His character's name is John McEnroe, which I thought was funny. <laughs> yeah, they all have great names. Like Peter Berg's <laughs> name is Joey Randone. <laughs> and then at one point he fights with uh, Method Man and Method Man calls him Randoni. <laughs> and I thought that, that, was, that was such a good name. Officer Randoni. It's, it's weird because John Spencer is one of the older cops in this and he plays a cop named Leo. But he's also basically his biggest, like most well-known role is also Leo from the West Wing. And it's like weird how also, often yeah, he's named Leo. <laughs> originally they wanted uh, John Spencer to play Ray. And I was like, no, 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 you need Harvey Keitel to like that kind of need... charismatic. Yeah. yeah. Where Harvey Keitel is like he like he's he's like your uh like he's the uncle or he's your dad who's like strict but he still loves you, you know? <laughs> or he just gives you that look. So you needed that kind of presence. 
Um, so yeah, so the movie starts and it's a kind of quiet bar. You kind of see Ray Liotta and Sylvester Stallone like talking. And then like there's a party in New York for it's like a bachelor party. And that's where we meet Michael Rappaport. Who they call him Superboy the most move most because he was Superboy. like a, he was a hero cop because he saved a bunch of black children from like a fire or something like that. Yeah, he's like a hero cop, and so like he is kind of drunk and he's like leaving the party. And in a great scene, he like notices um, he notices like a noise and he goes to investigate, and he's like. Oh, and then he finds, like, two of his friends drunk, and he's like, oh, I was going to shoot you guys, because he has, like, his gun out and everything. <laughs> and it's, like, it's a smart scene, because we clearly see him drunk, and then we clearly, like, he he hears a noise of, like, people fucking around, and instead of, like, realizing that he's too drunk, he still goes and investigates, and he, like, pulls out all his shit. And it's like, yeah, dude, like, you should know that you're not in a position to do this. Uh, which, he is, which he's like, and it's like he's clearly like trigger happy even though he's supposed mm-hmm. to be like quote unquote one of the good ones yeah yeah so then and like okay well we can get into it because it's the next scene so then he's like going home and then like these two like crackheads uh like crash into him and he like tries to get them to pull over and they're like no and they point like one of those locks i, I wonder yeah, if yeah it looks like a gun known. But they just, they're like, bang, bang. But they're just pointing like a, yeah, like a car lock or like yeah. whatever one of those I wonder if kids today know what the hell that is. Because I haven't seen a car <laughs> lock in like 20 years. But they, yeah, they, they he goes bang and he like pretends to shoot it. And then uh, Superboy's tire gets blown out. So he thinks someone shot at him. So he like shoots him a billion times because he's a cop. And then he like crashes into him. And so that's essentially the crime that's being committed. Because as soon as that happens, he's drunk. He just killed two kids and there was no gun. So there was no real reason for it to happen. Um, And anyway, he's drunk. He shouldn't have gotten involved at all. Oh, also this, we'll talk about it when we get to it, but it has Annabelle. No, I'm not going to talk about it. Just remind me that it has Annabelle Scarora. Oh, later. Yeah. Yeah. So then like Harvey Keitel, because it's Harvey Keitel's nephew from Marriage. And so he gets there with Robert Patrick and everyone else, and they're like immediately freaking out because. And this is such a like I mean that's such a, so true to life that I mean if anything happens, every cop in the area just descends. So there's always thirty cops hanging out for any like right. big cr- in like, plain crime. clothes. Yeah, so they're all right, there, and they're right. they're like trying to like they're telling him like, "Oh, you fucked up, dude," and he's like, "No, there was a gun," and there's like there wasn't a gun, so they plant a gun. And yeah, Robert they, Patrick like, plants one, and the medic is like. Well, John like Spencer gives back. him the keys and he's like, oh, it's in the trunk. And so that's when Robert Patrick goes and gets the gun. So it's not like, oh, it was just one of these guys. They were all in on this. And even Baby Bo- or Superboy's like, oh, we don't have to do it this way. And so they like kind of, they find the gun. But yeah, then the medic is like, that shit wasn't in there. And then, um, and then I knew it was a fantasy because they didn't immediately shoot the medic 45 times. In the <laughs> um yeah, I was gonna so say like, like well, and just this series of events, because yeah, like the medic pushes back and then like throws the gun away. He's like, he just chucks it off the bridge, you know. But I was like, man, in modern times, even if like a cop was caught on body cam doing everything Michael Rappaport did, the media would be on his side. They'd be like, he yeah. fell for his life, you know. He thought there was a gun. Like it's like so. Like that's well, something that's, that's the changed. Thing is that well, that's what I want to talk about. So he throws the gun in, and then. Uh, Superboy jumps into the river uh, and he so he kills himself and that's where it kind of blasts off but and like uh, he didn't really kill himself he actually just went into Ray's car it's like the worst kept secret in the town <laughs> but uh, yeah he's, but he's very the, poorly hiding for a large I, portion of the movie yeah. yeah and again this this movie isn't based on any book it was written by James Mangold and I wonder if like, it's such a smart move, the crime that they picked Superboy to do, because it's not an unjustified crime. These two guys were, like, high on drugs. They crashed into him, and they're being reckless. They, like, pointed a gun, so he had reason to believe that... Yeah, they pretended being... something that looked yeah. like a gun was a gun. It wasn't and even, they... like, a cell phone or something. Where Right. It, it wasn't like they men. weren't... Yeah. yeah, like, they didn't hold out a, a phone. They literally pointed a, like, long cylinder at him and said bang so he like in 
in a just world, it could be a justifiable crime, even though, you know, Superboy should have never been there. There's there's like that line of like, you know, I could see it both ways. But immediately every single cop goes to cover up this non-crime. And so, like, it's such a good idea of how, like, the like corrupt cops are. Because it's like, oh, yeah. Um, they will just immediately cover up even if, like, what they did was technically right. Because they don't give a shit about laws in any way. Yeah, they, they don't even want to risk the possibility of being punished for, like wrongdoing yeah and watching it again it's like yeah you have all these guys and they're all in suits and shit and they're just making the dumbest decisions (laughs) because yeah so and that becomes one of the biggest problems is that they hide superboy and ray has told him and every single other cop that lives in that town oh yeah we're gonna give him a new life because that like sounds like something you think cops could do but then when you really think about it in real life and in the movie it's like how is a cop going to set up another <laughs> cop with like a new identity? How the fuck is that going to work? And that becomes a big play. And it's like, yeah, they didn't think about this at the time. They didn't think like, well, let's take it to court and make sure that it's justified. And if not, then maybe Superboy needs to have his license revoked and take his badge. But because all of it was in service of themselves. And so it was never in service of the law, which is a big theme. And another great well, point. It's also like a, a good thing, like a good kind of like thing too, is it wasn't even really to save Michael Rappaport. It was just Harvey Keitel being like, oh, this would look bad for me if if like my son-in-law was caught for, you know, it's like, right. he's, so he, it's, it's purely like self-interest. So it's not even in service of like helping this like quote unquote good cop, you know? Yeah. And it's like right before they plant the gun, there's a cool scene because Freddie, it's so funny, like, all this stuff is happening where they accidentally shot two guys and they're like covering up this crime, quote unquote crime, however you want to call it, but they're breaking the law all over the place. And then like Freddie like hit a deer because he wasn't paying attention. (laughs) (laughs) Broke his nose. But there's like a great scene where Freddie's like looking at the George Washington bridge and he's kind of like wishing he could be up there and be one of those cops. And then it cuts to, the cops and they're literally like breaking the law in the worst possible way. Yeah, <laughs> like the, just the see, dynamic. Yeah, yeah. You see, Freddy's like he's hoping for like a life that doesn't exist. Um, so yeah. yeah, so then basically uh, an, an idealized fantasy. And, yeah, and it becomes this thing where like they're trying to figure out what to do with Paperboy and how to cover up this crime. Robert De Niro comes in at this point because he plays. Mo Tilden, who's the IA officer, and he's trying to like, I mean, they all kind of know, you know, everyone from the beginning figures out what's going on. You know, it's almost and funny so too, they- is, is you kind of like later find out that everyone but Freddy was more clued into what was going on. Like they all kind of knew, like they didn't know exactly like what, what crimes were happening, but they like the whole town was looking the other way and only like, and Freddy was kind of looking the other way, but it was yeah, also no, like... And- thing is that and that's another reason why this movie is so great because okay first of all sylvester stallone let's talk about him for a little bit the first thing is like i remember when this movie came out and it was all over like entertainment tonight and they're like sylvester stallone gains 50 pounds to to play this character and they're like he gained it by just eating pancakes for six months months and then you watch the movie and he just looks like everybody else. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's like he went from yeah. super in shape to normal yeah. guy. Sylvester <laughs> Stallone had to gain 50 pounds just to look like a normal human being. <laughs> like he never looks <laughs> overweight. It's so funny. Um, but yeah, so I mean, people like shit on Sylvester Stallone. But I honestly think that it's only because he has that speech impediment from when he was a baby. Because he's such a good actor, like Rocky Balboa and fucking Rambo. And I, you know, I, I can understand it because he does kind of take not easy roles, but he, he like he likes to do action films. That's super awesome. But people are look down on action films, you know? Yeah, it's like it's and I don't know. I mean, I, I can kind of see it in the sense of like if you even look at like this movie or like First Blood or like Rocky, it's like these are all like legit films. But then like Rocky and um, Rambo had so many sequels where it's like, okay, now you're, you're making yourself a cartoon in some of Yeah. These. I mean, you I remember I mean? we watched, we watched like, or we watched first blood and you, I think you had only seen first blood part two. And that's literally the one where he like 
saves POWs and he like uses the fucking uh, <laughs> blow up arrow like Hawkeye. And so when you go back and you watch Rambo first or the first blood, he doesn't even kill anyone. He like, he, yeah, it's he like, wounds. Oh, this is like a thoughtful commentary on Vietnam, you know? Yeah, And also police yeah. corruption. So, you know, we're going to get to it. Um, <laughs> and like, yeah. So like, I think because his role, I think it's because of the fact that he's kind of understated much like Robert De Niro. And also because of his speech impediment, and most importantly, because he's made a lot of demolition mans, <laughs> is that he's overlooked a lot, but he's a great actor. And especially in this film, because he he's playing this guy who, and we'll talk about another theme, but it is a lot of, this film is not just about police corruption, but it really is about, you know, this guy coming to terms with the fact that there is no real American dream, you know? And I know we make a joke a lot about how movies are about the death of the American dream, but this really is about that because Freddie, he's always wanted to be a cop and he never got a chance because of one heroic act, which is again, ironic that the only thing keeping him from being a cop is the fact that he was a hero. Right. Um, that, that he sacrificed his hearing to save a life. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's, I, he idolizes these cops to the, to him. These are the good guys. And throughout the film, anytime anyone like kind of even like passing, like briefly brings up that they could be corrupt, he like shuts them down. Like there's a scene at the very beginning where he's with Janine Garofalo and they're like, they've pulled over uh, Harvey Keitel and uh, Robert Patrick because they were going like 92 miles on a 25. (laughs) And he doesn't even want to pull them over. And like, She's telling them, like, no, you guys, even though you're cops, you gotta obey the laws. And they're literally like, no, if, if there's a if there's a license plate on the back of this, that means that we're the good guys. So why don't you go arrest some bad guys? That's which literally is, the line. And it's which like Which is one hundred percent how cops feel. Like, yeah. you know, they're like, Why would you you know, like bust me for this? Right. Yeah. And then but then Freddie comes and he basically says, Oh, sorry, we didn't know it was you, like, go ahead, take off. And it's like, like in the in the movie and in Freddy's character, he's doing all these. It's these little things, and you're you're doing like, oh, he lets him off. You know, he kind of knows about paper or Superboy. I'm gonna keep calling him Paperboy. It's, it's also it's also a funny scene though because as Janine Garofalo approaches the car, Michael Rappaport's in the car with him. He just hides under a blanket in the back that's seat. What I'm it's like this and guy Freddie literally. That's true. how Freddie finds out because he sticks his head out <laughs> and Freddie sees him. <laughs> and at one point, he just shows up at Freddie's house. Like I'm saying, it's the worst kept secret in the it's whole. It's like movie. he. He just like goes to like a McDonald's with a mustache. Is like, yeah. yeah, can I get a Big Mac? And again, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, look at it's like these cops who like now they'll break the law and then they're like posting about how they were on January six on their Facebook page and not expecting to get arrested. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, it, it's like Freddie does all these little things, and it in you know isolated they don't look like a big deal. You know, you're kind of letting these things slide and. It's justified, so it makes sense. But once he starts like realizing it and putting it together, it's like, holy shit, I like this is this is a problem. And I think that that's like our fucking system of <laughs> that's the problem with America is that it's a bunch of little things that we've let slide, and now we're in shit's creek. You know, now we're fucking yeah. Like it's 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 too late to really make it right. And that's it's actually one of the the interesting things about. Um, and this is kind of jumping like ahead a little bit, but like De Niro comes to the town to like, be like, Hey, like you're the law here. Like I like you're from here. I need your help with this. And he just is kind of like, no, like the cops would never do anything wrong. And then like later he goes to him and he's like, all right, you were right. I'm ready to like do the right thing. He's like, yeah, that was two weeks ago. Like it's too late. My favorite line. And we'll talk about that. (laughs) Yeah. Let's talk about it. So yeah. So he like goes up to him and then like he, first of all, that scene is great because that was the very first scene they filmed. And it's basically Sylvester Stallone oh, really? going to Robert De Niro and saying like, hey, this is, uh, you're right. This town is corrupt. What are we going to do about it? And uh, and like Robert De Niro's like, because the city is shut down in the investigation. Robert De Niro's like, fuck them. Fuck them all. He says, I thought we were going to bring down this corruption. Isn't that what you said? And he was like, I don't know. That was two weeks ago. 
<laughs> yeah, it's like it's it's the investigation's over. Like there's nothing to do at this point. You know, he's like even he's even like eating his lunch and he like offers the other guy like some so they could just like silently like eat their lunch while staring at Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, like what do you want? You know? They're eating they're eat- but no, but that's the thing, is that, that move that scene originally didn't have them eating their lunch. They just filmed it at lunch and Robert oh, De Niro really? brought the sandwiches on set to eat during the scene. Oh, but, so like, good. It shows you how good he is. And then also like, yeah, and then he tells Freddy because Freddy's like, oh, I thought we were going to do something. And he goes, you blew it. And I think that that's a funny line because for some reason, me and my dad always tell each other you blew it for no reason. <laughs> From Copland, we're referencing a movie that not many people have seen. Um, But yeah, and I think like going back to Freddy, like he's he's the hero, but he didn't get the girl because the girl the girl that he saved he's still in love with her, but she's married to someone else. She's married to Officer Rand Boney, played by Peter Berg. Um, yeah, I did, and, I did not know it was him till the end credits. I was like, this guy looks familiar, but yeah, Peter Berg. You people forget that Peter Berg used to show up randomly in a bunch of movies. Um, and he's a good actor. Like, don't get me wrong. He deserved to be there, but it's always funny to see Peter Berg. Like you never expect him, but he's always there. Um, and he didn't get the job, you know, he didn't get the life he wanted. And it's like, yeah, sometimes the hero doesn't get those things. And sometimes he still has to be a hero despite it. You know, he's just like the, yeah, the whole first half of the movie is just Freddie kind of like goofing around as like a bunch of crimes are happening around him like there's that scene and again it's a poignant scene because this movie is very well written where robert de niro goes to visit the town and that's when they first movie first meets freddie because he thinks he gives him a ticket because he was in a no parking zone but freddie like gave him a flyer to the fourth of july fair <laughs> it's like hey why do you have the, like why are you giving out the flyers freddie <laughs> And yeah. it's kind of like this thing where he's like, yeah, I, um, that's his job is to kind of like go figure out garbage and everyone kind of, you kind of see people like how they treat him like Harvey Keitel when he's like, he's trying to figure out who's leaving his, the girl he likes his, um, trash on the floor. And you find out that it's, uh, Ray's wife because Ray's wife and then Liz played by Annabelle Scarora. Who also played the crazy mistress of Tony Soprano. Yeah, Gloria Trillo, yeah. Yeah, which is weird because she's like, in this movie, she's like the perfect like girl next door cheerleader type. And then in Soprano, she's like a, she's like the craziest of all his mistresses, which he's, which is, and they're all portrayed as like, <laughs> look at these girls. They want Tony to like not be with his wife anymore only because that's what he tells them every time he sees them. What a psycho girl. <laughs> yeah, I Sopranos. mean, we could get into the Sopranos, but yeah, it's. I think she's even literally bipolar in in the Sopranos. Yeah, but yeah, I think she's, this... yeah, because she's going to she's going to see the the shrink. Um, but yeah, so like he goes and talks to her, and like someone's leaving trash, and then she finds out that it's Ray's wife again, by played by the amazing Kathy Moriarty, and she's like, oh yeah, well Joey is is like he's like getting my sheets stained yeah she's doing it purely out of spite yeah (laughs) and you see and it's pretty much just so that this peter berg playing joey will come see her but they send freddie instead and also freddie's like because at first she says that she doesn't know how the trash got there even though it's clear that she does and then she tells she tells freddie like oh if he doesn't want me leaving his trash he shouldn't soil my sheets and then Freddie goes, I want to believe you when you tell me things. It's like, no, Freddie. That's not... <laughs> You're not supposed to believe them when they tell you things. But then Ray shows up and he's like, what are you doing here, Freddie? And he's like, um, oh, I'm looking up this trash. And he's like, oh, a felony. And he kind of like laughs at him. And that's kind of how everyone treats him. Like, You're yeah, he's like a mascot. joke to all the yeah, actual you're a mascot. Yeah. Right. And so as Freddy starts like investigating, well, he knows that uh, Paperboy's alive, but things don't really kick off. So, okay. So they're trying to figure out what to do with Paperboy and they realize like they got to get him out of the city. So, and that's when they call Ray Liotta and, or not Ray Liotta, they call Harvey Keitel and they tell him like, oh no, you got to kill him. 
Like, what the yeah. fuck do you think we're gonna do? Like, make him disappear? This isn't Hawkeye. That's such a good scene because he's like, "That's my sister-in-law's kid." And they're like, "Well, didn't you say he was adopted? Yeah. <laughs> like, he should be okay with it still." Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, they tell him wasn't he adopted? Which is and see, and and this this is a good scene because this is also like highlights why you needed someone like Harvey Keitel to be Ray because someone slips Michael Rappaport a note being like. They are going to kill you. Yeah, well, and even then, yeah. yeah, right, right, yeah, and and he still goes with them to be like, all right, so like, am I, you know, getting a new ID? Like, he still, despite all the evidence, he still believes them because he doesn't want to believe that Harvey Keitel would lie to him, and that only works if he's super charismatic, yeah. you know. Right, and, and you then, need like, there's that scene, like, there's a scene where, and it's right after this, and we'll we'll jump back to the scene, but like, there's a scene right afterwards where Freddie's like. Oh, no, it's right before. Freddy comes to the party and he's like, how can you be having a party? Like, it's so obvious that this guy's not dead. There's already rumors all over the place. And now you're having a party and, like, Freddy's trying to, like, talk some sense into Ray. And Ray's like, he, like, manages to kind of brush off Freddy without making him realize that he's being brushed off. by like, because Freddy's like, oh, well, Robert De Niro came by and he's been asking me questions. And Harvey Keitel's like, you know how they get cops on on the ia they catch him on the take so he's and like just that line is like oh this guy is not actually your friend he's a corrupt cop he's on the take and i'm actually the good guy like he manages to fit all that in one sentence and that's why you need harvey Keitel because you need someone who's gonna be able to deliver that line and not sound like he's full of shit and again yeah when michael rapperport he knows that they're gonna shoot him but he, nobody wants to believe that these cops are bad, and I think yeah, again, like including him. Although they don't, they, they're trying to drown him so they can, I assume, later throw his body in the river. And be like, look, we found it, you know. Yeah, he did commit suicide, um, and then he yeah. gets away, and that's when it kind of kicks into gear. Um, of like, because yeah, because then Officer Randoni, his name is not Randoni. It's just what <laughs> uh, Method Man calls him. I think it's funny. Yeah, it's he like Randone. Like, yeah, he sees him run away and. Uh, and he tells Harvey Keitel, he's like, what the fuck? I thought we were going to set him up with a new life. And Harvey Keitel's like, you think that I can do that? <laughs> Which is, again, <laughs> it's a good line. But so, yeah, once he's off, it becomes this uh, this kind of race to see what what's going to happen. And so then the rest of the movie is like, they're trying to figure it out. And then eventually Freddy gets to him. And then they try to stop him. And then Freddy figures it out. But, so yeah, so that's basically the plot. But, so let's talk about some of the themes. I think, again, we were talking, we kind of mentioned briefly how, um, how, like, relevant this movie still is. <laughs> and it's insane uh, how relevant the movie still is. Like, there's a scene where, again, like, there's a scene where Peter Berg gets killed because... There's like Method Man it plays. Oh, like that's this. such a good. Yeah, I mean, the Method Man part is very questionable because they play it up like he's basically a supervillain in a completely different movie. Yeah, he's also dressed like Method Man, like how Method Man dressed in the '90s, where he has like the contact lens that's all white, and he's he looks like he looks <laughs> like, like in every music video. And, and, and he doesn't like, have a gun. He has a giant knife that he wounded one cop <laughs> with, and he's like holding Peter Berg at the edge of a cliff, like he's like like spider-man in the green cop yeah it's kind of like in training day where all of a sudden snoop dog just shows up and he looks like snoop dog and he's dressed like snoop dog and it's like you guys could have dressed him differently than how snoop dog normally dresses because all i can see is snoop dog um, yeah but well, they're like so yeah. he like because he he get he like slices him up and then he knocks him off and he's like essentially peter burke's hanging off the edge of a building like about to fall and um, Harvey Keitel bursts out of a door, sees him, goes back, closes the door, and then pretends that it's locked and that he's trying to, like, pick the lock just because he's like, well, if I take they, long enough, he'll, like, and fall And they're even undone. telling him, yeah, like, they're even telling him, like, let's let's just knock the door down. And he's, <laughs> he, like, doesn't listen. Eventually he does And all he needs is, like, a minute. So that just enough for Peter Berg to lose, like, the strength. Yeah, like, he can't, yeah, like, he can't hold on any longer, just falls and dies, yeah. And, yeah, and but that, again, it shows a big problem, and it's like, why do you want to defund the police? It's, like, because of this, it's, if the police are not held accountable for the crimes they commit, then they're going to let crimes that they don't commit continue, because Method Man gets away, and we never hear about what happens to him. <laughs> and it's like, this guy is a dangerous criminal, and yet, 
they uh they just let them go like that because they're dealing with their own bullshit of their own crap the same thing with paperboy paperboy fucking I know, you've been boys, calling him paperboy boy most of the time and i was like you know i'm just not gonna say anything one time i called him baby boy so if you ever want to accuse <laughs> me of anything just know that i watch a lot of I, lo- I watch a lot of john singleton yeah um uh well that and like they because even um ray liotta's entire like kind of arc is like he he like pushes back because he's like oh he got rid of tunny and then went later when um when freddie's looking into it it's like oh tunny was like another cop who was supposed to testify against the police who like died in a jail cell the day before. And it's like, yeah. that happened so much. Like where it's like, you hear about like, Oh, this yeah. cop was going to testify against the yeah. Chicago PD and was found shot in the back of the head five times. And no one knows who did it. It's like, we know who did it. And it's all the suicide. Yeah. It's this thing <laughs> where like that, that, uh, that teenager like was going to testify because her dad was like abusing her. And then she like, committed suicide by shooting herself twice in the back of the head and it's like yeah they don't even let crimes that are they know happen go through and it's it's such like a or like when the new york the police department went on strike and then crime went down <laughs> yeah it's like if you're if you live in this world where you're constantly where you're enforcing corrupt laws um then you you like you'll let corruption go and that's why it's so important to defund the police um but all, and like another let's talk about Ray Liotta's character for a little bit um yeah Ray Liotta like broke the law like he okay Ray Liotta plays like this cop and he's like falling in love with this drug addict who's in recovery and he bought too much he bought a house that was too big and he's like super in debt because of gambling and stuff he basically plays Ray Liotta in every movie. <laughs> it's like he could be Henry Hill. It's the same character. Yeah, yeah but, um, it's it's that. But but he is like it's also like he was clearly like one of like um, Harvey Keitel's kind of like enforcers. But now he's kind of like trying to get out of it, essentially. Mm. Or at least, yeah. He's I, trying, well, I guess I guess of... it's more like they're pushing him out because they're like, oh, he's such a like piece of shit in debt he's probably the one talking to like that he, like internal affairs. So they push him out kind of, and he doesn't know what to do. Yeah. And I think before this, they're kind of trying to set him up so that he gets corrupt or he gets caught for like take being on the take. Cause they have like a meeting where they're like, Oh, you're on the take. And he's like, we all are. Uh, so he kind of sees the writing on the wall and he's trying to get away. So he sets with Edie Falco, he sets up his house to explode and his girlfriend just happens to be in the house when she wasn't supposed to be. And so, well, yeah, like the whole movie, he's like trying to figure out, or he's just waiting for his check so he can bounce. And Freddie is like, he's kind of helping Freddie, like he's giving him advice, but also he's also corrupt. Yeah, he's clearly like kind of like I'm, I'm just trying to cut and run at this point, but also fuck like Ray and everyone else, like all the other cops. Like he wants to get back at them, but he's not really interested in doing the right thing. Right, know? right, and I, you know, and I, you again, you see that a lot where you see these people, like we see people, not just cops, but you see everyone. It's the whole like, oh well, this was bad, but it's a it's like a rare thing that never happens, and it's like, yeah, but if it keeps happening all over the country, it's clearly a problem. Yeah, it's not um, it's not rare at all at, at at a certain point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, also, this is random, but Robert De Niro when uh, so this shakes like Freddy to wake up, and then also uh, Superboy shows up at his house, and he's like, they're trying to kill me. Can you help me? Because everyone knows, like. That even though Freddy's a cop, he's not a real cop. So I think Superboy is like, maybe he can help me just based on the fact that he wants to do good. And he's the only one in the entire city who at least has that. Like everyone is, this is how you break down the cops in Copland. You have the people who are, the cops who are corrupt. And then you have uh, Ray Liotta, who's a cop who's corrupt, but for not, for, for his own selfish reason, instead of just loving crime. And then you have Freddy, who's also corrupt, but he he wants he thinks it's for the greater good. Yeah, like he thinks he's like, oh, I'm giving these cops a break because they're heroes. Exactly. Yeah. So like <laughs> they all know that he wants to do good. So uh, Superboy shows up. I literally every time I say Superboy, I'll start it by saying Pa, and then I. Just, I know. Um, Superboy shows up, but then Ray Liotta's there, so he takes off. And that's when they realize something's wrong, and that's when he goes to see Robert De Niro in the famous You Blew It scene. But another another thing I like about that scene is that Robert De Niro calls 
calls Freddy a death fuck. And, like, if you heard anyone else say death fuck, you would not even, like, who cares? But just the way Robert De Niro says it, it's, like, a funny, like, it's, like, why did he, he just grabbed onto this thing. I don't know. It's the way Robert De Niro is able to curse at you. That's amazing. It's also, like, that leads into such a, such a funny scene because um, as Freddy's leaving, he just basically steals a bunch of, like, the case files <laughs> and is, like, well, well I'm going to solve this. And then, like, when he's putting it together back at, like, his station, he's, like, yeah, they're all corrupt. I'm going to have to, like, save this guy and, like, arrest them. And uh, Janine Garofalo's like, I'm out of here. I quit. It's like, I forgot you were in the movie. <laughs> like, what a weird, what a weird character to, to have at the beginning of the Giuseppe and be like, by the way, I'm not going to help still. <laughs> but I, I think that's another thing. So Freddie, he starts looking because he steals the files. And that's pretty much Robert De Niro's plan is to get him to stir shit up again so that he can reopen the case because the mayor shut it down. And there's even like a great line where it's just a news line and it's, it's real quick, but they say the mayor has shut down the investigation to Superboy, And this has been giving him massive support among the cop vote, which he needed in the last election. And I'm like, is this movie a documentary? What the fuck is that? <laughs> yeah. um, is so, his name fucking de Blasio or what? Yeah. <laughs> so he steals the files and he starts looking through it and it shows Ray with like actual mob guys. And, that's when he like Freddie starts putting it together that like yeah they every single person in the city is corrupt and at this point he thinks that Ray Liotta was set up by the people he doesn't realize that Ray Liotta did it on him on his own but yeah he's telling him like oh this is all this is all the corruption and both Noah Emmerich and Janine Garofalo are like no way Freddie like I don't I don't want this to happen like I like Janine Garofalo literally says I'm quitting because I don't want to be a part of this. And then he, so he goes to see his quote unquote girlfriend or the girl he's in love with. And this is after Ray, or this is after Joey's dead. And like, he's trying to explain to her cause like, she's the one that he loves. So he's like trying to open up to her. And she's like, I don't want this opened up again. Like you might want us opened up, but I don't. And like, I like, and then she tells him like, what did you think was going to happen? Like, did you think we were going to fall in love because Ray or because Joey's dead now? And it's like, it's where Freddie realizes that he's 100% on his own. And it's also where Freddie realizes that they killed that other cop in the jail cell. And also they killed him because he accidentally, or no, Ray accidentally killed someone by choke holding him again. Documentary. I, oh, God, yeah. Yeah, it, it all goes back. Well, and it's funny too in this this movie, like they they kind of like you find out like oh they're all tied to the mob, but it's like, but but now in modern day the cops basically are their own mob. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like they don't even need to be tied to organized well, crime. They they, they yeah, create I it. I don't think that's fair. I think that they fight the the gangs real well. So guys, if you're listening to this, will you Google LAPD gangs? And <laughs> Um, and so you, then he goes. Can you Google sixty percent of cops? Yeah, yeah. Google sixty percent of cops, and Tom Blitz shows up. Um, so then uh, he goes to Gary or to Figgins, Figs, and he tries to get him on the other side. And again, he he wants to shut it down. That's also when he realizes that Figs is part of it, and he like he didn't want to kill his his girlfriend. It just was like a bad accident which, which, which still, is very I mean, funny too crime. because because figus like pretty much confesses to him he's like yeah i did it i didn't know she'd be in the house but i needed the money and he's like he thinks freddie is such a joke that even committing like admitting to like manslaughter he's like you're not gonna do anything about it you know that, like that happens multiple times where they're just openly discussing like either killing paper or killing superboy or the sh- shitty takes that they're on or taking the money in front of freddie like freddie's just playing pinball (laughs) and it's like he's such a non-entity to them and uh but again like yeah and it's this thing where it's like once you realize that the system and i you know you see it a lot you see it especially in uh the joe biden supporters where it's like when you explain that the system is corrupt a lot of times people they will fight to protect the idea of the system, even as it destroys everything around them. I mean, look at fucking January 6th. These people, like, things were terrible under fucking Trump. And they literally 
tried to storm the capital to put him back into power. Like, I understand, like, oh, maybe we want to put someone who's actually a good Republican into power. Maybe that makes a little bit more sense. But they were literally fighting to put one of the fucking worst presidents into power. I mean, because it's not like, I mean, I don't know if you want to get into it, but it's like, I think like the idea for these people isn't like, oh, you're, you're going to materially benefit my life because they don't think any candidate could do that, which is honestly probably true for the most part. But they're like, oh, but if this guy's in power, he's like, I get to be like the winner. Like I get to own like my yeah. liberal, like fucking nephew or whatever. Like, it's like, Right. It's and it, all I just mean, about being right. You know? We can even look at it from the fucking um, the corona if we don't want to be too political. like Because <laughs> the corona is not political at all. But you see these people and like our numbers are fucking garbage right now. And we don't want to close the economy because people like think that it's a time issue and it's not a time issue. It's a numbers issue. As long as the infection rates are up, you should not be uh, fucking going out and going to the movies and shit. But people are like, no, no, no. They said that it was good. It's like, it doesn't matter. Like, who, like, if the numbers are up, the numbers are up. It doesn't matter what the fucking, uh, what Joe Biden said or what Camilla said. It definitely doesn't matter what fucking Tucker Carlson said. So, but yeah, you see that in this movie about how people will try to, like, this town, the fucking Ray killed that girl's husband. (laughs) And, She's still protecting him, and she's like, I don't want to talk about this. Like, let it go. These are good cops. And it's like, you know they're not. They literally killed your terrible husband who <laughs> yeah. you all the time. Um, and, yeah, it's such a good point. And then, like, there is that good scene, because, like, Ray Liotta and, Fran- and Freddie get into a fight, and Ray Liotta has one of the best lines. Of- and also, just real fast, Ray Liotta is such a good actor. Like, he's never given equal... He's never given equal acting partners. He's always having to like act against Brad Pitt or Joe Pesci or like Robert De Niro a bunch of times or Stallone. Yeah, he, and it's he, like, he still holds his own. Yeah. Yeah. He manages to always stand out, but it is funny like that all his best roles are always in movies where he's having to like act against some of the best actors of all time. <laughs> you know, like he has to act against, uh, the guy who played pussy in Many Saints at Newark. And he was like, hey, yo, it's me, me the balls. Oh, he, he pulled double duty there because of twins, which is the funniest. Yeah. You know how many sets of twins there are in The Sopranos just because David Chase likes using the same actors? It's, it's so oh my stupid. god, I forgot that there's he's a twin in that movie. Yeah, because then later he's... He's the, yeah, he comes back and he's like, hey, it's me, I'm the twins. He's a, he's, it's me, the Buddhist prisoner. It's like, what is this character? Anyway, let's yeah, talk. Please, stop. please stop what you're doing, David Crown. <laughs> you're making me realize that the writing was 100% elevated by fucking Gandolfini and Edie Falco. Yeah. But back to the movie. That was our, <laughs> that was our review. Uh, that was our podcast exclusive of Many Saints of New York. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, but then he has a line, which is the best line in the whole movie, where he tells him, being right isn't a bulletproof vest. And it's like, yeah, like, Freddy doesn't... Again, even though Freddy realizes that everyone's corrupt, he realizes that he's going to have to take them down, he's still in this magical world where he's going to be able to just kind of... Like, paper, he finds Superboy. <laughs> I did it. Uh, he finds Superboy in a water tower. And he just, like, takes them down to the fucking precinct and they wait overnight. It's like, A, just call Robert De Niro. I'm pretty sure he'll wake up in the middle of the night. <laughs> yeah. Or just go go straight into the city from the water tower. Yeah, but no, he's like, I have to book him in and stuff. Yeah, like, he's like, I have to do this by and the book. B, don't wait until morning. <laughs> so we're just go straight. Yeah. Just go, like, and Got don't it. hide him in the precinct where he should be and where... The other cops just walk in willy-nilly as if they own the place. How good is this ending, though, that it builds up to? Yeah, so he has them, and then, like, he's gonna take them. And they immediately ambush him. Like, immediately. Like, he doesn't even... Yeah, literally five feet out of the station. And and this is the most fucked up, because... uh, Robert Patrick knocks him to the ground at gunpoint and he goes, is this your good ear? And he shoots off the gun like uh, two inches from it to like yeah. deafen him, you know, just out of spite because they just assume he's done at this point. You and know? they told him they're not going to kill him. They just do it literally to be dicks. Yeah. Um, so then 
Uh, the shot of him, he's just the walking, yeah, his ear, like, bleeding with a well, shot. Well, the climax of the movie is all silence. All you hear is, like, a buzzy noise. Yeah, it's, hear you hear, like, you'll hear gunshots, but you won't hear anything louder, like, quieter than a gunshot, because his hearing is just, like, he's almost totally yeah. deaf. Like, he can't hear yeah. anyone talk to him. He just hears gunshots, and even then, they're muffled. And so he's just kind of going to save... Uh, Superboy, and like, yeah, he he ends up having to kill everyone, and Ray Liotta <laughs> finally comes back and like helps him. He kind of like, saves, yeah. He he guns down. It's it's such a good action scene because it's like they do establish earlier in the movie that like, oh, despite the fact that everyone like treats him like a joke, he actually is a good shot. You know, like the yeah. carnival, which is like, another great scene that we didn't even talk about. But keep going. Yeah, but yeah, no, he just like he he guns them down. Ray Liotta shows up to, to essentially like watches back, and then he like bursts into the ray's house where ray was shooting at him from and uh yeah like he like turns around shoots ray and as ray's dying he's trying to like tell him something like his last words he's just like i can't hear you ray <laughs> yeah just perfect it's so matter it's so matter of fact it's, it's so yeah. pretty it's great does it even and then and just like the tension like because even after that it's like obviously like you know you think the threat's over but as him and, like, Ray Liotta are, like, bringing him into New York, all these, like, other, like, NYC cops are just surrounding them. And it's like, yeah. holy shit. Like, they're still in the lion's den, essentially. Yeah. And know? it's also good because, like, by that point, by the time it takes him to New York, he's literally, like, not even stopping at the, like, fence. He just drives straight onto the sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I don't trust any cops anymore. Yeah, and he's again, just, like, yeah, just dragging him. Like, bloodied, he's been shot in the shoulder. Yeah, he's just... And, you know, usually I hate when it's, like... Like, I, the, the my main problem with uh, Promising Young Woman is that the whole movie is about how corrupt the system is. And then, at the end, she uses the system that's already corrupt and it's like yeah that's not how the, that works it doesn't get less corrupt but in this one they actually do a good point because superboy is supposed to be dead so him showing up it's already too late like it's kind of the weinstein or the the epstein thing where it's like yeah you're you i mean you could kill him but he's already opened up the book you know like they can't just kill him in the prison cell because he's not supposed to be alive right so that's already broken the case open and so it yeah it you know it ends on a good note of like yeah you guys are fucked because there's no way you can talk your way out of this um i do but, like to in the end they kind of because robert de niro does do like a little narration at the beginning and well end he's the movie. narrated the whole movie but this is my only problem is the last narration <laughs> like he oh just the whole like he gained his hearing back and uh and it was okay. No, that part's fine. I, I don't. I don't mind that Freddie gets kind of a happy ending. The part that only the only part that annoys me is that they go and uh, Ray and all his crew learn something that no one's above the law, and it's like <laughs> literally everyone has broken the law, in this movie, including well, your character. Yeah, I kind of you know that's actually funny because I know like we're kind of doing this in a series with the the Far East movement um, or whatever what was that movie called the East. It's called the East. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of the band, the Far East movement, or the group. Um, where at the end, it's like, hey, and then at the end, she did, like, figure out a way around the corrupt system. I'm like, how, though? <laughs> how did she yeah. figure it out? Uh, yeah, it's really kind of has that problem. But, it, like, he, you but can still see a good person that, doing that, you know, like taking down in, this. In Promising Young Woman, you're like, how did she get around this corrupt system? And you don't really get a good answer other than the lawyer might have felt bad about it. But in this one, it's like, how did he get around the corrupt system? Oh, he showed up with paper, or with Superboy. Fuck me. He showed up with Superboy <laughs> because Superboy is literally not supposed to be alive. You know, like, if, like... Right, right. like, it, it was such a shocking... And it wasn't like he fixed police corruption. It's like, no, he just yeah. brought down these, like, five guys while they're all it dead, would, so... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, but... Literally me, like, you know, QAnon is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Guys, if you're a QAnon supporter, you're... You're dumb as fuck. But if JFK actually showed up at Dallas, I'd be like, you know what? Let's find out what you got to say. Like, let's go back. Let me turn on the Joe Rogan experience and find out what exactly is going on. Because just the fact that he showed up would shatter so many walls. And that's what happens with with Superboy is that just him showing up is enough to like, how are they going to get around the corrupt system? By bringing him in. Yeah, and then like shock, yeah, and they they do mention much. too that uh Figus like basically also turned like state's evidence right. and 
kind of like became an informant, which is funny because that's exactly what happened to Henry Hill too. <laughs> it's yeah. just like a, really only only plays state evidence. <laughs> it's just like just like Michael Rappaport always plays like cops you feel bad for. It's just like yeah. man, everyone is like well suited to their role in this movie. Michael Rappaport only plays sympathetic characters, which is ironic because in real life he's not that. Um, <laughs> I don't know anything about him in real life. He's, so. I, he's just loud and he has kind of dumb opinions about stuff. I mean, he's yeah. like a, he's a, he's a progressive, but he's like a Hassan progressive, where he's kind of a nerd. No, oh, it's um, it's like uh, what's his face, uh, the Incredible Hulk. Oh, Mike Mark Ruffalo always being like, "Screw you, Trump," and you're like, "Thanks, I guess." Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> it's it's that thing where it's like Kristen Bell being like. Yeah, we got to stand in solidarity. Also, here's me with the sheriff. It's like, I mean, you got the right spirit, but you need to be a little bit more <laughs> on our <laughs> side. Um, but yeah, also, right after, while Robert De Niro was filming this, he was also filming Jackie Brown. Talk about a Bomb Squad double feature that we'll eventually also talk about. Yeah. But, damn, Robert... Robert That's De Niro good. had Yeah, this movie like I don't was this was this movie big because it has like a crazily star-studded cast, but I also no, had a, never heard of it until you Oh really? See? Yeah. I'd never heard of it. And it was like supposed to be Stallone's uh return to like real movies, and then he made this one and he kind of stopped making real movies. Which is too bad because like Man. well I mean, he's gone he's kind of learned his lesson and he does a mix of both now. But um but yeah, he like, I'm you know I love Sylvester Stallone. We are gonna cover so many of his movies eventually, but um, Cobra. Yeah, We're it's not funny Cobra. that we can talk about Cobra. It's like, hey guys, remember what we said about Copland? Well, we're throwing all that shit out there. <laughs> it's like actually, every cop is a superhero. Actually, fuck the law. And, and, and every every criminal is a murderous, like rapist, you know what? psychopath. If you cut, if you cut your pizza just to tip off with a pair of scissors for no reason, you're allowed to break the law. Okay, <laughs> that's that's the loophole. The the, the thin blue, the thin pizza line. That's what I yeah, call it. Yeah, that's how that. If, if the blue line flag was actually a pizza slice and it was being cut by a pair of scissors, I'd be more on board. Um. <laughs> But yeah, so it was a huge flop, and I think like this is a perfect movie. I don't know how much traction this episode's gonna get, just because our non horrors don't do as well, right? And it's like no one's heard of this. See, it's funny too because I watched this the same day I watched Bloodshot, and I was like, man, another movie that was really good and really like a big flop that nobody saw. You know, different type yeah. of movie, obviously, but it's like it's funny how it's the same thing. Like, oh man. This movie has a lot of really good actors in it. It's really smart, and nobody has watched it. Yeah, and, and they both star action heroes that you wouldn't expect them to be in such a smart movie. Yeah. If you didn't know them. Um, but yeah, I think Compland is like watching it again. I, you always know that it's good after you watch it, but when you're actually watching it, you forget how good it is, and it's like one of the best movies. So I James Mangold stopped making Wolverine movies and come back to making... Coplands. We need a Copland two more cops. We need a, <laughs> Should be we need a, a sequel where his his Copland character takes down his Cobra character. That'd be the good. Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> uh, cop, cop versus Cobra. It'd be Cop versus Cobra the, versus the, Ford the, versus Ferrari. There is a lie to this movie. It's like. Oh god, what is it? Uh it's like you're the sheriff of Copley. <laughs> so it's yeah, like don't, they do, they do, don't do that. It's just Leo it's just Leo pointing at the screen. Um oh, but it's he's like, like it. uh Indiana Jones five, so we'll see. Oh who, the the director of this? Uh-huh. Oh, no, it could you know, maybe it'll be good. I don't know. I'm I'm mean, very skeptical of that movie. I mean, I love Indiana Jones. There's, there's been a me too. Of- just Harrison Ford is so old now and so not trying in everything I've seen him in in like ten years that he tried in the last Indiana Jones. He tried in. He's the only one trying in that style Star Wars movie that everyone he, hates. He, he's not trying, but he's just likable enough that that doesn't yeah. matter. He's <laughs> not. He's not trying, but he's. <laughs> Everyone else is also not trying to the point where it's embarrassing, but he's just not trying in the classic Harrison Ford way. In the classic Harrison Ford style that we've all known to grow and love. Um, 
but yeah, I think Copland is amazing. I think you guys should go watch it. And I think that um, the yeah, guys another have another um, America by not watching it. Hidden Robert Patrick Gem. That guy's always yeah. good when he shows up, even in the Marine, where they say this guy's like some kind of goddamn Terminator, and he looks at the screen. I love Robert that Patrick's scene. Good. <laughs> that's the, the that's the only part I like in the Marine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we'll see you guys next time. Go watch Helix. Go watch Last Ones. Go watch Borderland. As go always. watch Bloodshot. Go watch Bloodshot so we can talk about it, and we will see you guys on the flip side. Uh, any of uh, of Josh's dad listens to this episode, then I'm gonna send it to him. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> talk to you guys later. I deliberately didn't bring up my dad. <laughs> <laughs>